I'm Carols, and welcome back to On Female Disobedience, where we celebrate femininity. Alright guys, episode 3, super super excited. Um, Alright, let me just go through what I did in the past few days. Um, I actually kind of am recording ahead of time because I'm just so responsible. Um, No, that's not the reason. It's because I have to do homework right now and I don't want to do it. So I'm recording this podcast instead. Um, And I had a good episode um, idea for today. So I thought it would be... I thought I might as well just record it right now. Um, Yeah, so I I don't know if I mentioned the last episode, but I recorded that one like super last minute. I recorded it on Wednesday and today is Friday. So really, um, really on top of things. But... On the other hand, I haven't really done anything since Wednesday. I finished my social psychology course that I was taking um, at the University of Maryland. So that was pretty, pretty exciting. I was literally, like, I I literally crammed to write my final paper, my final term paper um, on Wednesday. And that was, I mean, it was, it was tiring. There's just a lot of, like, things that go into scientific analysis papers. Like, you have to follow so many specific formats. Um, but my topic was about um, music taste and altruism. So it was about, like, if you had the same music taste as someone, does that motivate you to be more altruistic? And I was, like, proposing a research study on that. Um, so that was, like, pretty cool because I like music. Um, what? Like, I literally can't think of anything else I was supposed to do. Um, in terms of today, I woke up, ooh, oh yeah, um, I've continued to wake up at 6am, um, or 6.30 in the morning to go to the gym. I did a nice push day today, so that was really, really exciting. That's chest, triceps, and shoulders. Um, so this is my first official week back at the gym, and definitely enjoyed it. I, I actually really like going to the gym. Um, so yeah, if you guys don't like cardio or like high intensity interval training, which I hate because I hate running, like try to find a more like sustainable um, and long term way to exercise. Because if you do something that you hate, like it's just going to give you negative associations with that thing. That's like literally Pavlov. I don't know if you guys know Pavlov and his dogs, but like he basically like trained dogs to like start salivating when they hear like a whistle or so I don't know but like it's basically that it's basically the idea of classical conditioning and it's like if you continue to associate like two things together if you think of one of those things it's going to remind you of the other thing so for example um if you continue to exercise and you hate it every single time you're never going to want to exercise anymore because you just like associate it with all those negative feelings so try to find a form of exercise that you actually enjoy. So for me, did I mention? Okay, I might have actually said this in the last episode. But yeah, for me, that's like going to the gym. Um, and for you guys, it might be, I don't know. If you guys like hit and if you guys like running, like by all means, go for it. But I much, much, much prefer like just low intensity walking or just, you know, going to the gym, doing strength training. Um, but yeah, so I woke up, and then I went to the gym, and then I had, okay, I I took a shower, I took a nap. I took a nap because I slept at 12 o'clock, but I had to wake up early to go to the gym before my dad took the car to work. Um, long story, but, uh, yeah, and then I took, I literally took, like, a two or three hour nap. I 
took such a long nap and then i was just on tiktok not being very productive um i also forgot to start how to read like a professor and i literally just remembered as i was filming this so i i keep breaking my promise but i promise i will read it i have to read it um I mean, I have to because it's summer homework and it's halfway through the summer and I haven't started any of it yet, but we'll, we'll get to, we'll get to that eventually. I don't know where I heard this, but it was like everything that like someone said on, I think it was on TikTok, but someone was like, everything that needs to get done will get done. And I very much live by that mentality is that like, I always like get nervous about like time constraints because for me, like I can never go to sleep or just like quit in the middle when I haven't like finished my work I know some people just like go to school never like not having done homework and the only time that's ever happened to me is when I forgot because I'm very much like a I have to do things um which doesn't make for the healthiest mentality sometimes but it's definitely effective at cramming lots of things in a short amount of time so wow that was just like just tangent after tangent um But I guess we can jump into the actual episode for today. And today's episode is about Eurocentric beauty standards, which I think is a very, very interesting topic. Um, But yeah, Eurocentric Eurocentric is defined by Oxford languages. Is that the Oxford Dictionary? I, I literally researched this up. But it's defined as focusing on European culture or history to the exclusion of a wider view of the world, implicitly regarding European culture as preeminent. So it's basically white supremacy. Let's not sugarcoat it. Um, but yeah, it's basically the idea that white, I don't even want to say white culture, but I'll say like white, fe- typically white features and European culture is just kind of deemed superior and almost like the default and i know there are a lot of people who say beauty is in the eye of the beholder but i really i really gotta disagree because i know i mean i know some people will say like okay my friend thinks this guy's cute and i think he's the ugliest person alive okay wait that's actually kind of mean maybe you just think that he's not that attractive and like yeah but also i feel like that that doesn't necessarily disprove the idea of eurocentrism because eurocentrism eurocentrism is so systematically like engraved within our society that it's not like as simple as like oh he thinks that guy's cute but i don't so there's like that's not a thing i think there's just like so many different layers to it and that's why we're dedicating a whole episode to it um but yeah i think eurocentrism in terms of eurocentrism it's definitely a beauty standard in like not even just in american society but like in cult in societies all over the world and we'll get more into that later in the episode um but yeah i think most people will agree on what's attractive and it's like there's definitely like a default um so i'll go into kind of like my story with and like my experience with eurocentrism as a an asian growing up in a predominantly white town so i used to live in this other town i don't really i honestly i wish i could tell you it was like a big town or small town i really don't even know but um it was just like a suburban town and i would say i feel like that one was maybe a little more ethnically diverse ethnically and racially diverse than the one i live in right now because i just feel like a lot of my i remember like a lot of my friends being like of different races so we feel like it might have been a little more ethnically diverse but really i yeah that might have been one of the reasons why i felt like i didn't have such a like 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 ingrained idea of 
white beauty in my head at that time. At least I don't have memories of that. Um, Although I do want to point out that I think that Eurocentrism is being fed to us from birth, like since birth. Because like even just thinking about like my childhood, like I used to worship Barbie. I was a biggest fan of Barbie movies and Barbie Life in the Dream House. And like Barbie's literally, she's literally like the epitome of what the of what Eurocentrism like is basically like the blonde hair these unbelievably unrealistic proportions I don't know what color eyes does she have like blue eyes I'm sure it's like some kind of lighter eyes um but yeah um but even so I guess at that point it was kind of still in the back of my mind it wasn't like kind of at the forefront of what I was idealizing at that point maybe I was too young to understand but Anyway, in second grade, I moved to this new town, and now in this new town, it is much, much more predominantly white, and I would say, in my grade at least, I would say maybe there's 20 Asians in my grade, I want to say, um, 20 Asians, like, very, very few black people, and very few Hispanic people. But yeah, it, I would say like the number of ethnically diverse and racially diverse people in my grade alone is probably less than 30 out of, I think like 230. And my grade is actually like much, much more diverse than some other, some other grades. Like in my brother's grade, I think he was like one out of five Koreans, which is like, which is nothing. Because if you look at surrounding towns near us, like I know my friend lives like 30 minutes away and half of her town is Asian, so, I mean, it's very much, it's very different for me and her, um, but our experiences are still kind of similar because I think just our general area is, tends to lean more, um, like, conservative, even though we do live in New Jersey, which is a blue state, um, but yeah, once I moved to this new town, I mean, the, the Eurocentrism was definitely there, and a lot of the guys wouldn't like even date girls unless they were like white um or looked white or had like white traditionally white features so like blonde hair like very thin body um what what else like a small nose things like that i don't know i can't even describe it i feel like you guys have an idea of what eurocentrism looks like so i don't really have to describe it but yeah it kind of led to a lot of kind of just like a rabbit hole of self-hatred and just always always wishing like oh i wish i was asian like if blank then i wouldn't have to be worried about this and there's just like a lot of i mean eurocentrism is just inherently racist because it just worships european cultures and like white features at the expense of like other the cultures of other races and ethnicities Um, And that just led to a lot of internalized racism in myself. And that was like, that's the worst part is when you can't even be confident in your own self and like what you look like and like your culture because it's kind of like, because like the superiority of white, I don't even want to say white culture, like European culture is just forced on you. Um, Like for example, I mean, there's just so many instances of, like guys just like thinking that me and the other Asians in the grade were like related or like 
twin like even twins and i can confidently say that there's literally no one in my grade who who looks like me other than the fact that we might both be asian like it's honestly just appalling but um i mean i don't even know like i don't really think we all look the same but i mean we definitely don't but that's just what happens when you live in this type of white town like very very predominantly white town um and so you just kind of grow up with those ideals of like oh if i could just like if i could just be white or if i could just look white or if i could like now with the trend of like being wasian like oh if i could be wasian like you just kind of like start to idealize that and internalize that and it's it's very deeply ingrained in our minds like i know some people in my grade like who are literally white or who are literally asian and will not date other Asians. Like, they literally only will date white people. And obviously, that doesn't really work out well for them because most of the white people in our grade don't really want to date an Asian. But, yeah, it's... <laughs> there's a lot There's a lot to it. Um, but, yeah, that's, like, my experience. Um, oh, and I also wanted to dive into eurocentrism all around the world and i like i think a lot of people like to believe that eurocentrism is kind of confined to europe itself and america maybe but i i would like to kind of refute this idea i'm gonna give you guys an example of south korea because that's kind of just what i know best um but like in korea i know a lot of people like to say oh but koreans like lighter skin and and american people like darker skin and like koreans like to have double eyelids and americans don't even care about that but like do you guys not understand that's literally what being white is like double eyelids light skin that is inherently that is inherently european like features having lighter like having white skin like oh my god it's literally in the name like having lighter skin and um double eyelids like i don't i don't think i've ever met like a white person who didn't like a fully white person who didn't have double eyelids or at least like hooded eyelids and in korea like literally no one like like literally everyone in korea does not want like those monolids everyone wants the double eyelid everyone wants to be like super pale because they want to look european they want to look white and so you could say as much as you want that these like eurocentrism is confined to the western hemisphere but it really is not it, it really isn't and you see it all over the world and i think it also has to do with the fact that europeans like they literally colonized the entire world at some point and i think so we just grow up with that idea of like that type of culture and that like those countries and those people are are superior to us and it's internalized and it just like gets kind of ingrained into society ingrained into society to the point where even like hundreds of years not even hundreds oh my god like i guess not even hundreds like less than a hundred years later like when was yeah like we still see the effects today and it's really sad to see that like in korea like those beauty standards are so 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 strict you can even like it it's actually crazy because like in in korea like if you look at the entertainment industry like k-pop culture like you see so much whitewashing and you see so many people like and and the fact that even the fact that they wear contact lenses is to me like almost even a bit like apparent like that's even telling of the eurocentrism is that they want the light colored eyes 
because I think it's like, and you could say, oh no, they just want to like, they just want, they just want to have blonde hair. They just want to have blue eyes. It has nothing to do with wanting to be European. But I think it's important to remember like our desires don't just exist in a vacuum. Like we don't just want blonde hair and blue eyes and smaller noses and thin bodies like just because just because we do. Like what is so what is inherently superior about blue eyes? But there's really like there's no difference, right? It's just the color of them. And and it's like we don't just want it because we do. It like we want it because the media has been feeding this to us for our entire lives. Like I said before, like the whole Barbie thing, like there's a reason for all this. We don't just like things because we do. We don't just want to look like white people because we do. There's like there's just this so much history behind it and so much so many layers, so much depth to it and I feel like we should acknowledge that before we like instantly say like oh no, that's not a thing. Like everyone's beautiful. Beauty's in the eye of the beholder, blah blah blah, whatever, whatever. Um there's just so much more to it. Um but yeah. Um Eurocentrism in Korea. That was that next topic is some i know some people say that okay fine eurocentrism exists all around the world but it doesn't exist in america and they'll cite things like um like they'll say oh your eurocentrism is like not even a thing anymore it's all about like afrocentrism which is like the the belief that like african cultures like at the african or black cultures like at the forefront of what is like desirable um, and they'll be like, oh, see, like, all Americans want, like, tanner skin now. They want these curvier shapes. They want big lips, things like that. Um, but I think this is kind of a myth because I feel like no matter what we, what fads, like, come and go, blonde hair, light eyes, and a thin body, and a small nose will always, 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 always be the blueprint. And, like, the only reason that we're seeing an emergence of, like, this, like, kind of like worshiping of other cultures now like black culture and even like asian cultures um like with the whole like slim eyes thing i don't even want to talk about the the fox eyes thing oh my god oh my god but like the only reason that we're seeing this stuff now is because it's literally just the fetishization of these features and it's like it's just because these people it's almost like okay let me put it in perspective life has meaning right life inherently has meaning but from for a lot of european cultures it's like life only has meaning unless you're white or if you're ethnically diverse then it only has meaning unless you can provide some benefit to us so for white people it doesn't matter what you look like you will always be the blueprint your life will always matter or your like existence matters to society whether you are like actively contributing to it or not like you you your life matters whereas i would argue for like people of color your life does not matter unless you are actively benefiting to society or society can take something from you and in this case when we're talking about the fetishization of black and asian cultures the benefit that these people of color these like features from like different ethnic cultures is like Oh my god, I totally lost my train of thought. But like what I'm saying is that society is sexualizing these features and objectifying these features, and that's what they're gaining out of them. And so they're saying if you don't look like this, if you don't have these like Asian or black features that we want from you at this specific point in time, then you're not valuable to us. But the thing is, 
that's like okay well that's a good thing they want they want these like they want these people of color they want to look like them but all of these things are a fad like no matter go to any point in time and blonde hair light light eyes thin body like it doesn't matter what time period you're in where you go that will always be attractive but for like black people or asian people or hispanic people like these features are only attractive at a specific point in time and as soon as society has kind of extracted the the beauty from these things in like a certain point in time it's just done with like they they toss them aside and they're worthless again like look how quickly the fox eye trend just like came and went and same thing with like the bbl epidemic like that's just like I mean, 10 years ago, were people, did people even know that existed? Probably not. Like, majority of them probably not. And I, I'm willing to bet in 10 years, no one will remember it. Or no one, everyone will be like, oh my god, that's so chuggy. Like, that's so gross. And I'm like, it's just really not fair. Because, like, I mean, of course it's not fair. But it's just really, it's really interesting to see that, like, how these, like, ethnic cultures are seen as, like, exotic and, like, it's like almost like it's so beautiful because it's exotic but once society is like extracted all of the is exoticness even a word but like exoticity that's definitely not a word um but like once society has like exhausted all of like the beauty from it and said like okay this isn't interesting anymore like it's not interesting anymore it's just boring like it's it's so 2010 so we're done with it and like that i mean that's like it's gonna happen it's like i mean it's already happening right now but yeah there's definitely a lot of um it's definitely it's a fad to put it simply like the worshiping these other cultures these ethnic cultures is it's just a fad it's just temporary even things like okay honestly let's even look at like a year ago when everyone was wearing these like the traditionally Chinese, um, dresses, I, I don't know what they're called, I'm so sorry, but, um, they were all over, like, Princess Polly and, like, Motel Rocks, and I'm like, what is this? And now, like, a year later, you probably couldn't even find them. Like, like, even, like, the dragon print, like, there was so much of that on, like, Urban Outfitters, like, all these fast fashion brands were, like, worshipping this, like, Chinese culture, and then now it's just, like, chooky. And everyone's like, okay, ew, that's cringe. Like, I don't want that anymore. And that just shows, like, it's it's only gonna be worshipped for, like, a point in time. So you can be like, yes, like, yes, they finally, they're back to loving my culture again. And then a year later, they're back to seeing it as, like, cringy or, like, I don't know, just kind of, like, gross or, or not, not acceptable. Whereas blonde hair light eyes thin body i mean i don't even have to say it again like this will always be the blueprint it will always be go to any point in american history it'll always be attractive but yeah and let's see what else i want to say okay yeah i also wanted to talk about like the fox eye trend and things like that like okay some people will be like okay well we have the fox eye trend like that is obviously like praising asian culture number one number one um, it is not okay to pull your eyes back to do that. I'm Asian right now. I'm saying it right now. That is not okay. And number, like, the number of times that I've been, like, mocked for those eyes and now you get to do it as a trend, like, no, that's not okay. Number two, notice how it's always the skinny blonde white girl. 
with the double eyelids doing the fox eye trend so yeah okay she has like her eyes are maybe slimmer but she still has really big eyes bigger than typical asians and she always has double eyelids so yeah like the slimmer eye look is trendy now but in in one year when the slimmer eye like look when the fox eye look is gone she'll still have really big eyes and she'll still have double eyelids where the rest of us asians were like okay well now that it's not trendy anymore now that my these features that i inherently have as an asian woman as they're not attractive anymore like what am i supposed to do i can't just take off the makeup and be like okay on to the next trend i i will always have them and that's like what's so harmful about it is because you can move on you think it's a trend for me this is this is what i look like like this is just who i am and i can't change it or wipe it off that quickly or ever um same thing goes with like getting lip fillers and lip injections like the whole like kylie jenner thing and just like i mean like we all know everyone wants everyone wants big lips right now but again it's always the skinny blonde white girl it's always the skinny blonde white girl and and i mean do we even like and when we look at that it's like do we even like black culture do we even love like these features on traditionally black women or these traditional features on black people or is it just that we like them on white on white people do we like big lips or do we like big lips on white girls do we like fox eyes or do we like fox eyes on white girls it's it's really it's 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 not a it's not an appreciation of our culture it's just extracting and exploiting the things that you like about you want to take from our culture and then disposing of them when you're done and that's that's not cultural appreciation that's cultural appropriation um but yeah also disclaimer i am not i'm not 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 trying to say like i hate white people or i hate white girls like that is so not what i'm getting at here it's not it's not about like white people in general it's like the people who partake in this and of course it's it's basically everyone in society is implicit in is that the right word like implicit in this like i don't want to say crime like implicit in this like eurocentrism and like the uplifting of white features and and like european culture it's like honestly if you think about it like everyone everyone has a part to play in this including me like i i am the first one to admit that i have so much like internalized eurocentrism like as much as i hate to admit it like i do find small noses attractive i mean not that i don't find big noses attractive every everything is like there's something to appreciate in everyone but what i'm getting at is that like i am the first one to admit that like i also have internalized eurocentrism and so does everyone else so when i say like white girls i'm so i'm so so not trying to put down anyone everyone has like their own struggles their own um demons to fight and i'm not saying that like if you're a white girl your life is so easy i'm just saying that like this is just one more thing that people of color have to deal with and it's just one more reason why being in like a minority in america is very difficult or anywhere in the world technically but yeah this is not to demonize those who fall prey to these insecurities or these beauty standards it's so so human to get caught up in this like i if you if you 
don't have a little internalized Eurocentrism, I would be extremely, extremely surprised. And I don't think anyone does. It's just so heavily ingrained into our culture and into our minds and into society and media and everything that we consume that it's never it's never going to fully go away. And you're never going to encounter someone who hasn't fallen victim to it once or twice, at least once or twice in their lives. However, like even though I completely understand people who might fall victim to it in terms of like internalized Eurocentrism, we still need to understand that like this is definitely a real like problem and a real like phenomenon and we and just because it's like it's a thing that we'll always have to battle it's almost like a universal demon like it that doesn't mean that we shouldn't actively try to kind of get rid of these ideals get rid of these ideals and just just stop um giving one idea of beauty because there's beauty comes in so many different forms and it's not just the skinniest person or the blondest person or the person with the smallest nose um but yeah um i just think that you know i think if we all try to make a more conscious effort to not be like to not idealize these 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 certain features i think we'd all kind of be I think it would definitely help. Um, of course, like everyone will, everyone will fall victim to them from time to time. Um, but like, I think there's a difference between like internalized Eurocentrism, where it's like you can't help but be affected by it because it's being fed to you, and the difference between that and actively participating in it. Like people who actively participate in. Um, I don't know, like the fox eye trend, like pulling their eyes back for the quote unquote aesthetic. Not cool. Definitely not. Definitely not. Um, something that that's definitely just feeding into the Eurocentrism. Um, or things like continuously saying like when someone, I don't know, like loses weight, say like, oh, wow, you look so, you look so, you got so much more beautiful like no they were always beautiful it's just now they appeal to your eurocentric ideal of beauty so now you think that they look more beautiful but that i mean they don't they look they're the same person they just might be a little lighter and so i think we should start we should stop praising you know those years the your traditional european features and start acknowledging that there is beauty in everything that is so cliche i literally i literally hate being cliche it is literally one of my least favorite things but i think it kind of applies in this situation um but i i hope that made sense again again i love (laughs) i love white people i'm not hating on them at all i just think that it's important to acknowledge your um privilege um and in this situation, in in the lens of Eurocentrism, there's definitely a lot of privilege to be had from being white. Um, but yeah, I've heard that when you go to college, there's kind of less of that, hopefully. Hopefully more diversity. Honestly, it's probably just because my little town is such a bubble. Like, everyone knows each other. Like, everyone knows everybody. And it's it's hard to kind of escape that Eurocentrism. I know in college, you can kind of just choose who you want to hang out with. So you don't have to be surrounded by people who are 
hurting your self-esteem um or making you or maybe just like don't make you feel as good as you should um so that's (laughs) that's something to look forward to I guess um but yeah like all of you guys who are currently struggling please know that I have been there I am still there currently and everyone like literally everyone has been there and it's it's just something that like as you get older you will realize that it's just not there's just no one size fits all for beauty standards as much as we are fed that by our eurocentric society um and you know in the meantime just surround yourself with people who make you feel better about yourself who uplift you and i think also there's like there i know in my experience there's like i have friends who who genuinely like believe who genuinely like uplift me and and like see the best in me and i and I can tell, I can differentiate those people from others who are, like, kind of just like, oh, no, you're pretty, like, and who are just kind of superficial and gen- and I can tell just don't really believe that. So try to surround yourself more with the first type of people, like, the type of people who are genuine and, and who really make you feel better about yourself and and uplift you and reassure you um, and things like that. And... In the meantime, you can also help do that to your other friends and make them feel better about each other. Because like I said, we're all in this together. Oh my god, now I'm quoting freaking High School Musical. This is really, I mean, this episode is really just going downhill, isn't it? Um, (laughs) But yeah, um, I think that's all I have for today. So thank you guys so much for tuning into another episode of On Female Disobedience. Really appreciate all of your support, even if you just popped in for a few minutes. Um, Really appreciate all the listens. Um, so make sure to follow at on female disobedience on Instagram to join our little community and to be a part of some upcoming interactive portions of our episodes. Um, I have a few ideas in mind. I'm really excited for you guys to kind of like be a part of it because I know I feel like it's a lot of just like me talking at you and just like hoping that hoping that someone's listening. Um, so yeah, um, or if you just want to be part of our community and just like. I don't know, get, get, take a look at, like, the behind-the-scenes stuff, um, so, yeah, if you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to rate and review the podcast on whatever listening platform you're on right now, and I'll see you all in a few days, bye!